Second-degree murder, third-degree murder, second-degree manslaughter. Guilty of all three. I was surprised. I was. I was surprised as I heard this verdict being announced. District Court, 4th Judicial District, State of Minnesota Plaintiff versus Derek Michael Chauvin, Defendant. Verdict, Count 1, Court File Number 27, CR 20-12646. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to Count 1, unintentional second-degree murder while committing a felony, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.44 p.m. Signed, Juror 4 Person, Juror Number 19. Same caption, verdict count two. We, the jury in the above entitled matter as to count two, third degree murder, perpetrating an eminently dangerous act, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.45 p.m. Signed by jury four person, juror number 19. Same caption, verdict count three. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to count three, second-degree manslaughter, culpable negligence, creating an unreasonable risk, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.45 p.m. Jury four person, 019. Members of the jury, I'm... I was surprised. I was expecting second-degree manslaughter. It was possible third-degree murder. Second-degree murder, I was like, yeah, they're, they're reaching. But all three, what does that tell us? What does that say to us? And why is Representative Ocasio-Cortez not happy? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, the phone number, 833-GOT-TONY. I'd love to hear from you. Your thoughts on the trial, 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. This was Representative Ocasio-Cortez. She sat herself down in front of the Capitol. It's in the background. and She's going to, she's just going to, she's going to have a little bit of, like, just a little straight talk. A little bit of a little gut check. Just gut check straight talk coming right at you from Representative Ocasio-Cortez. Justice? Justice? This ain't justice. It's not justice. And I'll explain to you why it's not justice. It's not justice because justice is George Floyd going home tonight to be with his family. Justice is Adam Toledo getting tucked in by his mom tonight. Justice is when you're pulled over, there not being a gun that's part of that interaction because you have a headlight out. Justice is your school system not having or being part of a school to prison pipeline. Can we just stop for a second? She said three things there. Let's start with the middle one. Yeah, I don't want a gun pulled for somebody who just has a headlight out. Lots of cops just pulling guns uh, for the headlight out. If if, if you've got if you can give me hundreds of stories like that, you can give me ten stories like that. I'll be like, whoa. I mean, is that a constant thing? I'm asking. I don't mind asking. I don't feel bad about asking. 
Adam, Adam, uh, there in Toledo, or the name's Adam Toledo. Sorry, yeah, you don't have the story, Representative. I mean, you're you're lying to to the people who are watching you on Instagram or wherever you were. Adam Toledo was a 13 year old who was shot and killed by police. They seem to forget to tell you that Adam Toledo was out after midnight. 13. Adam Toledo was with, I believe, adults. Adam Toledo ran from police. Adam Toledo had a gun. Adam Toledo tried to toss the gun so it wouldn't be seen on him. And he had the gun when he was turning, and they saw him with a gun. What do you think's going to happen? Can we discuss all the bad decisions made by this 13-year-old? Can we discuss a conversation of parenting? Or, or is that, what, that, is, that, is that bigoted? Because, yeah, I'm not interested in that conversation. No, no, no. I'm interested in the conversation what a 13-year-old is doing out past midnight. I'm not interested in people who want to tell me that's bigoted. I push right through those people, and so should you. And what was that last one, uh, the, the school-to-prison pipeline? Yeah, I'm not in favor of a school-to-prison pipeline, but you're not making any sense. You're now moving goalposts, and she's not done. Justice is a municipality and a government that does not, because it trickles down, right? That does not value military and armaments more than it values health care and education. I don't believe in the militarization of police forces. But that has nothing to do with whether or not we should socialize medicine. Socialized medicine is a bad idea. Come at me, bro. It's a terrible, terrible idea. That's all. And if you say to me, Tony, please, please don't play me anymore, Representative Ocasio-Cortez. I simply can't take it anymore. (laughs) Well, you're about to be very disappointed. So, no, this verdict is not justice. Frankly, I don't even think we call it full accountability because there are multiple officers that were there. It wasn't just Derek Chauvin. And I also don't want this moment to be framed as this system working working because it's not working she doesn't want it to say working well working this time no no, no. Don't, don't even say it's working it's not working what is the win what is the gain what is the goal what is the purpose remember when we talk about things here when we share things here very often you will find that from what we discuss guys we're ahead of the curve by a lot and the reason for that is that we aren't looking to say oh Cassie Cortez what a dope we're trying to understand why they come to this place to begin with what is that the the thinking that gets them to to here the thing I want you to remember is something called the permanent revolution Sarah runs our our social media. And one of the things uh, Sarah is pointing at is that when you hear the progressive left, leftist protests, you often hear from the left, we are not satisfied. 
We are not satisfied. This is not justice. Isn't that exactly what Kamala Harris said? The vice president of the United States wanted to let you know that this is not justice. This is just the beginning. Why? Permanent revolution. Critical race theory, anti-racism, the destruction of Western civilization, the tearing down of Western norms, Black Lives Matter. These things are all a part of that Marxist theology that is about class warfare. Even the very idea that this is about race is not true. Because not everybody who is black or who is Asian or who is Hispanic or who is white or who is name your thing thinks alike and agrees. Earlier, I was on Newsmax. I am on the show with Kim Klasik, who ran for Congress in Baltimore, T.W. Shannon, who was the former Speaker of the Oklahoma House of Representatives, and the host filling in for John Bachman is Joe Pinion. All three of them are black, and I discussed that in proving my point. Joe Pinion with the question. Uh, Tony, I'll come to you. You know, I, I think again, we look at you know the videotape. We have individuals that I think across the political spectrum that were horrified. How do we get to the point where we can just say this is what a system working looks like? How do we get people like AOC to stop pontificating uh, when it's very clear that all she cares about is the spotlight? Whether you're talking about the border issue or whether you're and children in cages or whether you're talking about the death of George Floyd. I think it's very important that we better define what it is we're talking about. On this panel, you have Kim and you have TW. You have yourself, Joe. I am the minority in this group, probably because I'm Jewish. It is not a conversation about race. It's a conversation about ideology. And the term you're looking for is permanent revolution. That's why Representative Ocasio-Cortez isn't happy. That's why Vice President Kamala Harris isn't happy. That's why you have so many people who will continue to say, this isn't justice. This is just the beginning this is the it is that you have to keep the revolution going this is ideological and when it's ideological when your entire existence is built up in the destruction of western culture and western civilization how could you ever be satisfied so get used to this this is the new norm that's who they are this has been building growing This concept, this theory, literally under our noses as we have sent our kids off to colleges and universities only to be indoctrinated into this hellscape. You better take a long look at where you send your kids to school. The money you spend to send them to learn how to hate you. I'm pretty sure it was the former speaker, Newt Gingrich, who was talking about this 20 some odd years ago. Yeah, he beat me to it. I'll give him that. But he was far more studied at that time than I was now. He's still far more studied. This is Marxism. This is the idea, this permanent revolution, acting in their in, independently in their interests without compromise, 
uh, uh, with opposing sections of society, meaning you must be destroyed. This system, this Western civilization that has done nothing but bring freedom and prosperity to the world must be destroyed. It is capitalism itself that is evil. This is who they are. Now, I'm going to prove this with a story about a school system. You will not believe what they put out proudly. I mean, I had so many people email this to me because it happened right in my backyard, right here in in the Indianapolis area, uh, a town called Fishers in a school district called Hamilton Southeastern. They posted on their Facebook page. They're not being shy about it. I'm not doxing anybody. All I'm doing is sharing the story. Wait till you hear it. You tell me whether or not the education of your children is in danger and whether or not this push for the permanent revolution through the dismantling of Western civilization and the things that we know work. And we know they work. You tell me whether or not this is true. That, and they don't want to publish Mike Pence's book because, you know, freedom of speech or something. I'm Tony Katz. Simon & Schuster is going to publish the memoir of the former vice president, Mike Pence. Tony Katz, so great to be with you on Tony Katz today. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Instagram, Parlor, and Twitter, at Tony Katz. But who is objecting? The staff is objecting. And the staff is objecting because, well, they don't like Mike Pence. Oh, it's springtime for Hitler and Germany. Except the staff at Simon Schuster doesn't know what's what. You see, they think that Pence is Hitler, right? But they don't know that they're the ones acting like the repressive fascist regime. That's always the best part, guys. It's always it's always this projection. Oh, oh, that that Mike Pence. You know he draws himself a little mustache right under the nose. Oh, it gets Karen all crazy, I tell you. I mean, it's 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 radical, but it is standard. The people who are in the free speech business are the ones opposed to the idea of free speech. Well, we're, we're a publishing company. We don't have to publish those things. What things? A guy who disagrees with you politically? Or are you still going to get into this crazy idea? Well, you know that Mike Pence, he believes in, in, uh, in uh, uh, was it, gay conversion therapy with, with electroshock treatments. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. You can make the argument that he has spoken in front of organizations that have discussed things like it. And you can say that's not right. The argument is made about Mike Pence from a website when he was a member of Congress in the year 2000. Which had to do with funding. And it was a manipulation of what he said. If you've ever read it, it's very clear. You had to work to get to the place where he's saying, hmm, we should, we should really take a look at this funding and, and uh, help people lead, quote-unquote, better lives. So sick. So sick and twisted. 
I've said many times on the show, if uh, Vice President Pence told me he believed in gay conversion therapy, I wouldn't be friends with him. I wouldn't talk to him again. I wouldn't think about him again. Ever. Nothing. It's not what he said. This is one of those great stories that gets thrown out there. And people just, they just buy in. They just repeat it a hundred times. And now it's that story. Well, you know that Mike Pence, he's okay with electroshock treatment for the, uh, for the homosexuals. And that's how, like, that's how they say it, I guess. I don't know. It's evil. What's the real problem? Mike Pence has a different philosophy on how to deal with North Korea? How to deal with the debt? How to deal with COVID? How to deal with culture? Yeah, he's putting his thoughts out there, and you are more than welcome to disagree. You don't want to publish him? It's not just cowardice. It is this, this fascism come to play. Isn't this exactly what big tech does? When it comes to Twitter or Facebook, and then they tell me, oh, you're talking about the slippery slope. Well, you know that's not real. Of course it's real. Every rational person knows it's real. When the, when the law schools decide that some professor or, or some lawyer can't be a professor because they, they defended so-and-so, now we are upset with people getting a defense? The ugliest people in society get a defense. That's how it works. You're in law school. They don't teach that on day one? I would have figured they taught that on day one. Here, let me try and bring it to a, to a way you can understand. Mike Tyson is a rapist. A despicable, disgusting, brutal, woman-hating rapist. And he got a defense. He also now gets Broadway shows, and he gets put in cartoons, and in movies, and he gets to be a part of Comedy Central Roast. And who doesn't want to hang around the champ, huh? Oh, Tony, he did his time. Okay. Name for me another rapist you are okay with. I thought there were some things that were beyond the pale. But but Mike Tyson, he got a defense. Mike Pence can't write a book. It's it, it affects your sensibilities. Maybe you should quit because you're not good enough to work at Simon and Schuster. This is Tony Katz today. I was surprised to see the types of reactions that took place in social media and other ways uh, after the announcement of the verdict in the Derek Chauvin case, guilty of second-degree murder, guilty of third-degree murder, guilty of second-degree manslaughter. Now, I was was surprised by the verdict because I didn't think it would be all three. And I I couldn't figure out how they were going to get to second-degree murder. And I do ask the question whether or not this jury felt that they had to convict on all three or otherwise they would be attacked. This jury was not sequestered. They went home every day, as I know the story. What pressure was upon them? That said, I believe second-degree manslaughter is absolutely doable here. And third-degree, because Minnesota's so odd in that way, that having a third-degree murder charge, you could have done based on what has happened with... Another police officer who was found guilty of third-degree murder for shooting a woman. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's a pleasure to be with you. So I, I 
favored a conviction. I, I think what Derek Chauvin did was sim- simply wrong and, and, and inexcusable. I just, based on the law, I didn't see how you were going to get to, to second-degree murder. But then I saw the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, who used to be the Oakland Raiders, who put out a tweet, right, with the Raiders logo, and all it said is, I can breathe, right, as opposed to George Floyd saying, I can't breathe. What made you think that was even necessary? What, why would you, beyond understanding? Then, of course, there were all the people who said that this, this isn't justice. The struggle continues, and you realize that when I talk about permanent revolution and Marxism, that it's clearly what it is. Then I started getting emails. Now, you guys know I live in the Indianapolis area, right? Love it here. This, this, this is home. Indiana is home. I started getting emails. Here in central Indiana, we have an issue with radicalism. And the radicalism is, uh, of course, uh, critical race theory and anti-racism. Anti-racism is racism. What Ibram Kendi promotes, Dr. Kendi, is racism. He himself proving his own racism almost every time he speaks. The push on anti-racism from people like Robin DiAngelo, who wrote White Fragility, is premised on the idea that even to disagree or to ask cogent questions about anti-racism, questioning its existence is to prove that you are not capable of dealing with your own bigotry. It is meant to silence. It is part and parcel of this larger conversation. Anti-racism is racism. Anything that teaches that you fight discrimination with discrimination and you fight future discrimination with discrimination is racism. It's bigotry. And the people who want to teach this to children are despicable. If it is indeed the case that we agree with Dr. Kendi and Robin DiAngelo, then what you have is a reduction of people not to their mind or to their dealings, not to their experiences, but rather to a skin color. You strip away the individual, and all you have left is the group that you want to annihilate. And that group is not actually based on race. It is ideological. Again, We're talking about Marxism, and race is used as the tool in the classism conversation. I mean, I hope you're ready to come to school. Bring your pencil. Give me something to write on, man. Yeah, I know you're hot for teacher. You see what I did there? I just tied it all up. But I started getting these emails, guys. I mean, I got them from everywhere. The email comes from a school district. A place called the Hamilton Southeastern Schools. Uh, it, it, it's in my backyard. It's, it's in my backyard. It's, it's, it's right there. An area, a suburb of, of Indianapolis called Fishers, and it's beautiful, and it's lovely, and great people. But they clearly have a desire for radicalness. They have a desire for anti-racism and critical race theory. They have one of these offices of diversity, equity, inclusion uh, at, at the schools. Somebody who locks their Twitter account 
locks her Twitter account. You can't actually see it unless she accepts you as a follower. Talks about the total lack of transparency. But these, remember, these diversity officers should all be thrown out of schools. They all teach bigotry. Critical race theory is bigotry. Critical race theory is the idea that everything can be connected to racism. So therefore, you teach children to look for it. You teach children to be on the hunt for the hate. And so therefore, you teach children to hate other children based on their skin colors, and you teach some children to hate themselves based on skin color, and then you teach some children to be resentful, and then because they're resentful, you call them bigots. It's diseased. This is what's happening at Hamilton Southeastern Schools. They wrote a letter. I'm going to share it with you now. You won't actually believe it, but it's there. It's on their Facebook page. It's on their website. And they made it as public as possible. April 20th to 2021. The day after the verdict. Or no, the day of the verdict. The day of the verdict in the Derek Chauvin case. Dear Hamilton Southeastern School Community. We hope the outcome of the Derek Chauvin trial will begin to bring healing to our community and address the many factors that we know adversely affect families of color. While justice prevailed in this case, the racial trauma and repeated exposure to stories of violence and inequalities is still an ongoing concern. When you hear this, by the way, you realize that they had a letter ready to go in case the the verdict didn't go this way. They probably had a series of letters ready to go. They were going to show you how woke they were the second they could. And by the way, while justice prevailed in this case, the racial trauma and repeated exposure to stories of violence and inequalities is still an ongoing concern. Just like that mantra, we are not satisfied. This is permanent revolution. They continue, we cannot address problems that we refuse to see, and we pledge to do better for all our students. The deaths of Ahmed Aubrey, Tamir Rice, Breonna Taylor, and recently Dante Wright are a critical reminder of policies and practices which have negatively shaped the experiences of our black and brown children, and that we have more work to do to create and sustain a just and equitable society and school system. Now, Breonna Taylor hung out with a known drug dealer. She was not in bed when she was shot. I do agree. I didn't want her shot and killed. Dante Wright resisted arrest and had a warrant out for his arrest for a gun charge utilized in in a, what is it, aggressive robbery? Armed robbery. That's it. Tamir Rice was a disgusting shooting. Ahmed Aubrey was jogging. No, no doubt. But I don't know how that has to do with policies because police weren't involved in Ahmed Aubrey. Brianna Taylor has a story that should be known. Dante Wright is no hero. He made horrible mistakes, which led to a police officer making a horrible mistake, which led to his death. Now, you should teach that to kids. That would be an education. That's not what you're doing. We also understand, they write, the pain that many of our students and teachers feel when discussing the inequities in the current judicial system. We have heard from parents who have described the task of preparing their children for the two Americas. The racial division that we see today is not a new phenomenon. It is centuries old, embedded in the fabric of our country. 
Dr. King articulated the impact of racism when he noted, but tragically and unfortunately, there is another America. It is Hamilton Southeastern Schools that is perpetuating two Americas. It is Hamilton Southeastern Schools that is pushing anti-racism training and keeping up the two Americas. This idea that racism is embedded in our fabric. They might as well be talking about the 1619 Project, which we all know is a lie. They don't care. They're letting you know that your child's education is an indoctrination. As they write, so today we are affirming, or we affirm the following, Black Lives Matter. Do you mean the organization, which is Marxist? Are you saying you align with and approve of a Marxist organization as they describe it, not me? We stand united with our students of colors and allies in the fight against injustice, racism, and discrimination. So if I'm not down with Black Lives Matter, but I'm leaving everybody alone, do you stand with me? Does that student stand a chance? If that student's parents think the wrong way, does that student get any kind of mistreatment? Let me say it this way. If my student, if my child is a student at Hamilton Southeastern Schools, me being Tony Katz, what happens to my child? Hmm? No, no, no. I'm curious. I'd like the answer. It is our responsibility, they write. Our responsibility as a school community to uplift our core values of awareness, advocacy, social justice, and empathy. Your core value is to teach math. That may come as a shock to you. That's your core value. Families in the church will do the rest. Thank you very much. Teach math. Teach history. I don't mind you having conversations. But nobody asked you to teach social justice. Nobody wants this from you. Teach math, teach science, make sure you've got hot french fries for lunch, because I love a hot french fry. That's your job. They continue. We are not powerless to change. We are committed to moving beyond good intentions to measurable and impactful results. Lord only knows what that means. But then they tell you, racial justice initiatives are for the common good of all children. No, math, where two plus two equals four, and that's the only answer, is for the good of all children. Racial justice initiatives teach bigotry. We will continue to engage stakeholders in conversations even when it is uncomfortable. All Hamilton Southeastern School students benefit from an anti-racism education. They believe that all children benefit from being taught how to be racist because anti-racism is racism they're admitting to you they're teaching bigotry and they continue we continue to turn we commit to turning the mirror inward and advancing an anti-racist and equity-based learning community dear lord your kid goes to school there man it's fight or flight i'm also hearing that they've hired a uh New superintendent based on exactly this, anti-racism, and not really any other uh, things. Now, I don't know that for sure. I don't know who they've hired. I've heard rumors and things like that, but I can't, I, what am I supposed to comment on a rumor for, guys? Can't, don't ask me to do that. This is uh, what schools are about, and this is the heartland. Not all schools are doing this, but far too many. It is fight or flight. 
They will call you racist. What does it matter? Your children's lives and their future and their minds are worth it. They'll call you bigots. They'll go after your business. They will call you names. Friends will drop you. They weren't friends anyway. And why would you ever want to be a friend with a bigot? Somebody who believes in anti-racism, which is racism, which is meant to divide students, which doesn't help black students in the slightest. It's a lie. It is all about the class warfare, all about the Marxism and all about destruction. Anti-racism is a grift and these people who teach it are indeed grifters. That doesn't mean that there aren't people out there who want to talk about race and the problems and issues that they see with policing. And so they should freely and openly with friends and with their elected officials and others. Anti-racism. We should fight everywhere. I'm here to lend a hand to those who are opposed to what Hamilton Southeastern schools are doing. Because what they're doing is wrong. What they're doing is child abuse. And since my kids don't go there, I can't give you flight. I can give you fight. I'm Tony Katz. It's a shame that journalists no longer get the best and the brightest to go out for the uh, world. We could use good journalists. We could use people who ask important questions and do the digging and take the time to build sources. Instead, what we get are people in the White House briefing room asking the White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki to explain when Representative Maxine Waters goes to Minneapolis and says, if there's not a guilty verdict, we're going to engage confrontation, and it better be for murder. We're going to get in people's faces when she is inciting a riot. The question is... Hey, White House, why aren't you defending her? Um, Representative Waters, as you said, clarified, she said, my actual words don't matter. I wonder why the White House isn't also coming to the defense of Representative Waters, given the fact that she's now facing an onslaught of attacks, especially by, I would say, Republicans. I wonder why the White House isn't saying we, we back what she said about being confrontational. She was obviously not threatening violence. There are civil rights leaders that are saying that's what, that's what civil rights is, is to be confrontational, to be active. Hey, White House, why aren't you doing the thing I tell you to do to support one of the Democrats that I also support? That's not journalism. That's not journalism. Why aren't you doing more? That's Yamichi Alcindor, by the way, from PBS. So when you hear her acting woke or, 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 or being outraged, just remember this is who she is. That's not a question for the White House. That's not a question for anyone except maybe what you ask your cat late at night while you're going through the third pint of ice cream, realizing nobody has swiped right on you. I'm, not, I'm referring to anybody. I don't know. Maybe Michelle Cinder is married and has nine kids. I have absolutely no idea. Or two kids. I, maybe no kids. Beats me. It's commentary guy, not a journalist. See how that works? It's an ugly question. It's a, it, the question is built to defend the actions of Representative Maxine Waters, and her actions are indefensible. What's wrong with saying so? What she said is indefensible. What Nancy Pelosi said about George Floyd 
is indefensible. This? Thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice. Indefensible. Just say so. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, 